Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album almost every other week. I'm Christy. On average, every other week, I think. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are finally back. We appreciate your patience as we took a little bit of an unexpected break. Things are good, better. Glad to be back. Josh is feeling a little better, so... Let's hope that trend continues. And today we're going to talk about the controversy tour. Yes. Controversy was supposed to be kind of a quick stop on the T-Mats adventure. But uh-huh. due to <laughs> unforeseen circumstances, controversy <laughs> stuck around a little while. <laughs> yeah. We've what? covered the album That's and right. then uh, some remixes mm-hmm. and videos. Uh, videos and outtakes and posthumous alternate take releases that's right uh so now there was a controversy tour that's right there was nothing controversial about it maybe a little bit yeah, yeah, maybe I mean, some we'll get to that yeah um but so it was the 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 weight on my shoulders to choose a show uh-huh it was it was heavy yeah it was heavy man it was difficult well you had a lot of shows to choose from because the tour ran from November 20th 1981 to March 14th 1982 all across the US yeah there were not a lot of big breaks i mean it was four or more shows a week yep all over the place mm-hmm. um it's pretty well documented yeah. as far as like not only where the stops were and what the set lists were, but there are a lot of recordings of it circulating. Yes. So there were probably, I don't know, half a dozen that we could have selected. Mm-hmm. So the one we landed on, or the one I chose, I will guess I'll shoulder the responsibility here too. <laughs> I'm telling you, so heavy. February 4th, 1982 in Saginaw, Michigan. That's right. They were touring with The Time yes. and The Zap Band. I mean, we think, right? That's, and Prince of All, it's got Zap question mark. I think there's more than one question mark there. I think there is. But they toured with them for at least part of the tour. They just, were with them. Yeah, you just don't. I don't. I didn't really know that. I mean, no, the I didn't Zap either. or sometimes known as the Zap Band was famous for more bounce to the ounce, which Prince later played live quite often. Mm-hmm. So he was certainly aware of their music and stayed that way throughout his career. Oh yeah, and they're very excited about that. They love to point it out on their Facebook oh, page, really? which is still active. Did not know that. Mm-hmm. So when he would cover it, they would they, they would say, that, well, guess or, who covered our song, yo? Yeah, they have videos of, look who look who loves more bounce to the ounce. Ah. And, you know, videos or pictures of Very cool. Prince and concert. That's so, neat. Yeah, it is neat. It was not quite the revolution yet. Close. Bobby Z, Brown Mark, Dr. Fink, and Lisa. But we had Des Dickerson on guitar instead of Wendy still. Right, there was a little overlap between... Des and Wendy, but mm-hmm. yeah, this was uh, still a pre-revolution band, but the word revolution does get said a, a few times mm-hmm. during this concert. That's right. I did go and look as we had the the 1999 tour in Detroit that was part of 1999 Super Deluxe at the Masonic Temple, Temple yes. right in Detroit. So I was like, well, what the heck is the Saginaw Civic Center? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't sound glamorous, really. No. But... It's pretty cool yeah. from what I read. It's now called the Dow Event Center. Right. So if you want to go looking for information on it, it'll come up under either of the titles, the Saginaw Civic Center or the Dow Event Center. Right. Yeah. So it consists of like some convention space and a theater and then a performance area. Mm-hmm. And also that they turn into a hockey rink a yes. lot. But it uh, says it has a capacity of 7,600 people, and this looked like it was basically sold out. Mm-hmm. It was the Wendler Arena right. at the time when uh, Prince performed there. I think it must have undergone some renovations at some point because it was a 7,300-person capacity when he played there. I read that it opened in 1972. It was renovated in 2003. Okay. So it was about well, 10 one. years old when he appeared there first. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, not first in this tour. Actually, he played. I looked it up. He played there a number of times in his career. Actually, three or four times. He played the arena three times. Mm-hmm. 
before this in April of 1980. And then he would be there again for the third time in the arena after this. So he was there in April 1980, then this show, February of 82. And then 10 months later, he was there for the 1999 tour. Yeah, same calendar year Uh and a double album after it. Uh, Insane. And then in 2002, Mm -hmm. he performed in the smaller 2300 capacity heritage theater for the one night alone tour. Yeah. 20, some 20 years later uh come back to the same arena that he hadn't been to in that long. Well, same Same center, same, same basic venue. Yeah. Just, and he was playing smaller areas purposefully. Yes. Yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, wow. 1980, when he wasn't even the op- he wasn't even the headliner. He was opening for Rick James, mm-hmm. and then twice in the same calendar year in Saginaw, Michigan, uh-huh. which you know, awesome for Saginawians, <laughs> but um, you don't really think of that as like a Prince, you know, haven like Houston or Detroit or you know Minneapolis, of course. And then 20 years pass, and he's there again, which would have been. Like basically one of the final performances there before the place was renovated in 2003. Yep. Oh, that that was pretty cool. Yes. The March 7th show of this tour Mm -hmm. in Bloomington, Minnesota was filmed with the idea that it was going to be a concert film called The Second Coming. Okay. But it kind of got pushed to the side and some of the ideas for the, that were part of the concert film like the filmy part mm-hmm. of the concert film like that weren't the the actual performances okay got rolled up into the purple rain storyline yeah all right mm-hmm. oh wait you're saying prince had projects that got started but didn't finish or oh, finished and I, never I mean, were I, released i know it's nearly unbelievable but the stuff you learn on this podcast christy <laughs> it's amazing Let's see. It was evidently on this tour at the end of the song Head, where the famed honer Mad Cat E. Jagucaster uh, that was seen at the end of Purple Rain made its very first appearance. Thank yeah. you, Goldie's Parade, for that information. <laughs> where you found it, yes. Mm-hmm. That was certainly a seminal moment <laughs> in his career. Yeah, I think the first time the public really saw it was certainly in Purple Rain, but it wasn't really, it was almost like just a, like a Prince version of wearing a, like a boutonniere that would squirt water in your face in Purple Rain. It was very much kind of just a gag. Yeah. To me, like when I watched it the first time, well, I was like a kid, but even like rewatching it, I didn't think of it as like this phallic symbol thing. I was like, he was squirting, like, surprise, I'm squirting the crowd through my (laughs) guitar. Yeah, except he runs his hand up and down the neck of the guitar pretty suggestively. But you have to do that anyway, right, to play the guitar. So I don't know. It's a little different when it's in the middle of, you know, this fun performance on the Purple Rain Tour as opposed to in the middle of Head with Lisa getting a little breathy in the background. Uh So we've got the show intro. We've got a basically a soundboard recording of this that's been in circulation a long time. However, it does not include the opening act. May it have been Zap and also the time. Right. Not part of this. Uh, the show intro was like a pre-recorded acapella singing of the second coming um, that was not part of this recording, right. but it's well documented throughout the tour. So we'll play a little bit of it here. Before the second coming He kind of is reminiscent of the beginning of Prince's first album, For You. Mm-hmm. Um, and certainly kind of, the, I think, the first time we've heard him singing without instrumentation since that point okay. also. Yeah. Um, but that was the standard opening, what you would hear now as the D.A.T., the dat tape opening of the show. <laughs> uh, and after that, we get the real opening of the show. The second coming is just mm-hmm. to get the crowd riled up. Like this yeah, is about to start, like, right? Yeah. They're finishing up, setting up the stage or yeah, either everybody's that, in position. Either, yeah. There's yeah. either tech setting up the stage or, you know, everybody's back taking, you know, their last sip of water, or right. going 
to the restroom or beforehand or checking their makeup or their hair and right eating the last of the all green M&Ms that That, was that's part of the writer for going to the (laughs) Saginaw Civic Center Uh to make all Saginawians happy Mm -hmm. or at least 7,300 of them sure well as many (laughs) as they could fit in there I guess which is pretty good show I mean it would be three times as many as he would perform to there 20 years later Mm -hmm. so it's not shabby no so the real concert kicks off with Uptown, That's which right. we covered many moons ago. Mm-hmm. It's the fifth track on Prince's third album, Dirty Mind. That's right. It's a live yeah. drum intro. Yeah, it's fire. It is. Um, and Prince calls out revolution. Mm-hmm. Something about revolution. I can yeah. never quite. It's no. like a Ripsy revolution. No. Got me. We get some Awas in there, too. And from the get-go, you do get the feeling that this is kind of the first of Prince's greatest hits concerts. He's got a catalog now that is big enough, with controversy being four albums, to pick and choose from, even though this one focuses on three albums, right? Prince, Dirty Mind, Controversy. There's nothing from For You that's played here. But you get kind of a medley of sorts of... This is how my career's going so far. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, give the people things that they're familiar with. Sure. And Uptown's a great concert opener. Super fun. Sets yes. the stage, so to speak. You got to love it when Prince recognizes the city that he's in. I mean, oh, no yeah. concert is complete without that. And at a minute and five seconds, we get the, what's up, Saginaw? Mm-hmm. That's part, like, instead of the lyric from Uptown. Yeah. Very fun. I love his mix of falsetto and spoken mm-hmm. tone here. It kind of turned me on. And then she looked at me and said, come here. <laughs> it's very fun. Yeah. Come here. Later in his career, I almost felt like it was a limitation. Like he wasn't able to keep the falsetto going for an entire live show. I mean, you're tired, you've been playing, you've been dancing, but here it's more of a, a choice rather than a necessity. And I'm not saying that his voice suffered really ever in his career. It didn't, but like a lot of times late in his career, especially during hit and run tours with third eye girl, a lot of parts that I feel like he would have rather sung falsetto. He did in more of a baritone or spoken voice. And, but here you can tell this is young, still 20-something-year-old Prince, and he can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Can't even hurt himself. He's invincible. That's right. We get some funny Prince oh, when, yeah. when asked if he's gay. <laughs> no is your mama. <laughs> I get a yo mama no joke. No is your mama. <laughs> a minute and 30 seconds into there, and he did that many times yeah. with up, up Down. That was a great line. Other than the ad libs, though, like that one, this was pretty faithful to the album version and Mm -hmm. I think a great concert opener at this time of Prince's career. I think he could have opened a concert with Uptown anytime moving forward and it would have been great. Maybe with this exception of Purple Rain because it was such a let's give you the movie on stage again. Mm -hmm. I do like that uh, he is kind of really developing into the Prince on stage that we all new mm-hmm. um, or in previous tours, his shyness and, you know, playing with his back to the crowd and like, uh, I, I don't like to be up here, but I'm going to do it because I like performing, but I wish you weren't watching me. Uh huh. You know, now he's much more interactive. Two minutes and one second. Sing it, brothers and sisters. Sing it, brothers and sisters. Very much an encouraging, inviting them to participate. Yeah. And the band would only sing Uptown and leave to the crowd the rest Uh of the chorus. And you can hear them singing. Uh Uh-huh. The crowd's kind of low in the mix on this, which is fine. But, um, yeah, they knew knew what he was doing. Right. Right. 
then he rolls into why you want to treat me so bad. The transition between these two songs is fun too. Yeah, it's very like transitional. Uh huh. You don't get an ending of Uptown, and they start the next song. It just kind of rolls right into the next, which is great. Um, so yeah, I thought about this. Why you want to treat me so bad? From his second album, mm-hmm. self-titled, which we have not covered no. on this podcast yet. We've not yet. Had you heard the song before? Oh yeah. Really? Yeah. I couldn't remember. It's been a long time podcasting. I, I know. <laughs> uh, yes. So it must have been in another live show that you heard it, because we haven't covered we, the studio version. We haven't it. talked about the studio version, but I think that there was an outtake of or something. I don't okay. remember exactly, but we've talked about it before, and I've heard it before. Cool. All right. Could not remember, and I didn't want to ask you to break the cardinal rule of... <laughs> The Mountains and the Sea <laughs> podcast is there's no discussing the podcast until we sit down to record the podcast. <laughs> All right. We get like a drums and guitar intro. And again, like Prince isn't afraid of the crowd or being a leader saying, everybody put your hands together. And they are ready. calls it out like he calls the song doesn't even give it the whole title right at 32 uh-huh. seconds he says treat me so bad and that's kind of the key for the song to start treat me so bad. which i could almost see it like on a set list being written as treat me so bad mm-hmm. instead of why you wanna yeah it is a long song title it is a long song title, mm-hmm. but I mean, it doesn't take long to sing. Mm-hmm. No. He, he made efforts to, you know, he took two letters off of it later, turned the U into just the letter U. Mm-hmm. So he did try to make amends for the long song title. <laughs> and again, we have this seamlessly from falsetto to speaking voice and back. It's just really, really incredible, the control that he had. Mm-hmm. and I would say that you don't think of Prince's first four albums as like he's a, you know, top 5% vocalist in the world, which I think he turned into for sure or got recognized for it later on. But he's got it here. Yeah. He really does. Yeah. I think the the nastiness and all the other stuff that he mixed in there probably got in the way a little bit of like full acceptance of talent, sure, uh, musical ability, singing ability, that kind of stuff. I always love the chorus intro to Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad, the line, don't break what's left of this broken heart. There's a nice little guitar solo also at a minute and 54 seconds. Right before verse two. And I went back and listened to this a number of times. And I'm like, could I definitively say, was that Dez or was that Prince? Because Dez was kind of billed as lead guitar. Mm -hmm. And Prince was there for accent, rhythm guitar, and rock god solos. Mm Mm-hmm. So I don't know if that was Prince or Des. Doesn't matter. It was very enjoyable. It was. Yeah. yeah. And I love that the verse isn't fully falsetto, like yeah. the album version. Yeah. Yeah. There, I mean, there was very little on his second album that wasn't falsetto. Mm-hmm. There's a nice little breakdown for the verses at two minutes and 20 seconds. It's kind of a fun twist on the album version, almost like a live remix or a slightly different arrangement which of course prince mm-hmm. would spend his whole live career doing different takes on songs like this and then he urges the crowd at two minutes and 46 seconds to help me sing it mm-hmm. yeah, before the second this kind of croaky sort of yeah. quality that's very fun. Yeah, it's raw and fun, but then he immediately goes back and can sing so smoothly, mm-hmm. and you never hear the guy out of breath. No. Yeah. 
really one of the first truly recognizable guitar solos from a Prince Studio album, I think, is in this song, too. And he plays it at 3 minutes and 10 seconds, and it's torn up, especially starting at 3 minutes and 49 seconds. It's fast, and the super high note playing that goes up and down, up and down, up and down. starts out so luscious uh-huh. and then it gets to this like rock opera sound almost it's yeah delightful it is and if you remember back many moons ago when we were covering the Jill Jones album and there was this bass line that w- was in many songs and many outtakes from that album, the you kind of hear it at four minutes and three seconds. There are bass guitar hits from Brown Mark that fall right into that comfortable Prince bass hit category, which is great. Speaking of ad libs. Oh, yeah. Prince tells us how he really feels, right? <laughs> with, with one word. Uh-huh. Four minutes and 42 seconds, he asks again, why you want to treat me so bad? And there's a very fast stop, and he categorizes it very succinctly for us. Mm-hmm. Bitch. Bitch! And then lots of jamming by the band after that. Mm-hmm. And I almost feel like as that jamming continues and the band stops at five minutes and 36 seconds... You get the sense that this is still a pretty young prince starting to formulate his most famous solo because you can hear a little bit of the solo from Let's Go Crazy in the guitar solo Mm -hmm. during Why You Want to Treat Me So Bad. Oh, man. And then he sends the audience just into an absolute tizzy when he says he needs a date i need a date tonight that's right it's he's got some stops his solo to relay some important information Uh to everybody yeah and it seems like all of the women in the audience are more than happy to oblige that's right which i mean i don't you know he's coming off of dirty mind where he looked like this kind of unkept Rebel, uh-huh. a little slobbish yeah. with his Dudley Moore hair and the bandana and no shirt. There's a whole lot of girls who are into that. Okay. But, I mean, he just looked with a thick mustache. And, I mean, I get that we're coming off of the 70s. That was carrying over. But I think during controversy is, you know, the makeup, the more slick look and feel, mm-hmm. the very manicured bouffant mm-hmm. hairdo is coming back, you know, coming, not coming back, coming into play. Right. So a different kind of sexiness, I guess, which is odd. Cause I mean, he really is like going from more like masculine, unkept sexiness to much more made up uh-huh. and almost feminine appearances. Ladies like it when the boys take care of themselves. Yep. Then we have another song from that same album from yeah. the eponymous Prince. I want to be your lover. Another song with Wanna in it also. Uh-huh. That's right. Wanna. Wanna. Four minutes and 30 seconds of a live version of this song. It was the first track on his second album mm-hmm. and was the album's first single. And I would say probably his first big hit following Soft and Wet. Sure. It starts with these shimmery cymbals, mm-hmm. and uh, you kind of hear a little of what's to come. Maybe even later this year at the same venue, we get some spacey kind of computer sounds oh. that feel very reminiscent of the 1999 era to me. can but you can also hear and i mean i think you're right what i heard was annie christian i thought that's the song that was going to be played 
which is, uh-huh. you know, documented pretty well as the first song that he used the drum machine for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really has the Annie Christian intro. That's what I thought was happening. Like, oh, now we're going to get the first song from Controversy. This is the Controversy tour. Mm-hmm. But no. Nope, not yet. Wait he, some more. That's right. He urges the crowd at 37 seconds. Saginaw, will you clap your hands? He wants to rock this joint to the ground. Mm-hmm. Saginaw, will you clap your hands? All right. Rock this joint to the ground. Do it. He does dedicate the song to not the just ladies. one lady, but all the ladies. All the ladies. Try it. This song is dedicated to all the ladies. Will you help me sing it? All He's right. going to be indiscriminate about his love. That's right. Yeah. Very recognizable with that kind of high guitar, beam, 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 kind of thing going on. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes easily recognizable as I Want to Be Your Lover. Yes. Yeah, we get more than one city shout out. Mm-hmm. In this particular song, there's some very fun vocalizing. Yeah, That's some yeah, exactly a bunch of yes. Yeah. <laughs> Three minutes and eighteen seconds. Mm-hmm. There's some of that going on. Mm-hmm. And thunder sounds. That's right. <laughs> Start prints of that's right, man. If it wasn't for Thunder, I don't know how he would have started or ended his concerts. Uh huh, <laughs> for sure. It's a storm, that's right? Funky, plucky guitars to round things out. Yep. And roll right into the song for which you mentioned. Uh-huh. Became a guitar squirting moment. <laughs> the Ejagucaster, yes. Head, another one from Dirty Mind. Yep. No, so we're, no, controversy tour. No, we're doing Grace we'll, Hits. We'll get from to controversy when we get to it. Maybe we will. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and the audience knows this one from the absolute first note. For sure. And we, I think we talked about this when we covered Dirty Mind many, many episodes ago that. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for Head, we probably wouldn't have Lisa Coleman in the band because right. Gail Chapman had been the keyboardist and wasn't a fan of the song's lyrics and left the band. And Lisa came in and was like, oh, well, I don't care. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She's, she's game. She wasn't easily embarrassed or shamed. That's right. I love that he calls her sugar mm-hmm. rather than baby. It's a fun little lyrical twist. big fan of baby yeah. with your girlfriend anyway. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's just an infantilizing sort of situation and don't you want a partner rather than, I mean, I do. I want a partner. Mm-hmm. Some people do not. Prince always enjoyed his ladies a little on the young side, but um, I, I really enjoy that. I like the alternate baby is just kind of almost cliched too. So sure. things like sugar, uh-huh. honey, or it's almost like a more fun word to say too. Sugar. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. The breathy. Oh yeah. Uh-huh. Prince does kind of in his breathy falsetto on the album come in at two minutes and 32 seconds, but he's got kind of a falsetto screamy, playful way of delivering them here to get the crowd more into head. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Everybody sing. And uh, he encourages the crowd to sing louder before Dr. Fink's intergalactic keyboard solo at two minutes and 55 seconds. Yeah, he says again, rock this joint to the ground. Yeah. Rock this joint to the ground. See it. 
Dr. Fink's solo kind of pans the left and right channels too. Mm-hmm. Again, very like spacey mm-hmm. precursor of 1999 sort of yeah. sounds. For sure. Um, there's another keyboard solo at three minutes and 58 seconds, and that's kind of where the song goes in various directions and turns into this extended jam and mm-hmm. a broken down jam and just uh, deviates from the studio version, which I think is, you know, fun for a song that anyone who's at this concert, surely you have heard this before, or mm-hmm. why are you here? Right. Oh, and then his ad libs at like 639. Are, they're the reasons why we need official releases of concerts. Yeah. Honey, don't stop the groove. Sing along. Yes. It's just, and lots of live hours. And mm-hmm. it's so enjoyable and such a huge part of what made him an incredible live performer. And an incredible performer, period, is this ability to be able to bring what he brought to the studio recordings and yeah and then some and it never seemed contrived or super planned mm-hmm. really but it was always cool like there was rarely a misstep i also like listening to this as it gets into the six minute area that I wanted to point out that I think these shows are such a great showcase for Bobby Z as a drummer. Like, I felt like he was a little overshadowed during 1999 and Purple Rain by the Lindrum and him having to trigger that, you know, the sounds from the album, where this is everything's got kind of a live drum sound and he's more than a capable live drummer absolutely and i think that's easy to miss just because there was then kind of the shift to you know the electronic tricks and the kind of things that they were just trying to deliver the album sound which is the direction that prince took um and if anyone was overshadowed by it it was probably bobby who Mm -hmm. was way in the back yeah you know in the shadows of Drums and cymbals, anyway. Yeah. Man, we get these echoey guitars that mm-hmm. really feel like late 60s, early 70s, kind of psychedelic. Yeah, trippy. And, yeah, totally trippy. And like it was more than just some marijuana happening there yeah. or some psychedelic mushrooms or something happening. Yeah. It's funny because the more seemed like from this point through like the mid eighties, Prince's catalog grew, but he also took opportunities during live performances to just chill out and do this weird kind of Mm -hmm. stuff in the middle of the song. He wasn't trying to cram more songs into a concert. He was trying to have that experience, Mm -hmm. you know, he encourages the crowd to help him sing it again at six minutes and 55 seconds. And I had not heard him do this before in this song. It's seven minutes and nine seconds. He says, lights, camera, action. song breaks down and you get drums and guitars and bass and we hear the I think this is where we enter the fellatio simulation portion <laughs> of the show uh-huh. however stick with it at a minute and 30 or 8 minutes and 30 seconds there's some great bonus guitar solo happening mm-hmm. for your listening pleasure Yes. yeah it's kind of an odd ending also like it almost fades out uh-huh. as a live Performance. Performance. Yeah. Just like gets a little quieter and stops. Uh-huh. Which is not the kind of ending that you would expect a song like this 
regarding the subject matter to maybe yeah. have more of a flourish at the yeah, end. Yeah, yeah, more of an explosive. That's right. Rather than such a denouement. Of, Ooh, right. Yeah. But, I mean, what is Prince if he's not someone who's going to deliver something a little different than what you expect? That's super fair. And, And, you know, in a concert on the Controversy Tour, you might expect a song from Controversy, (laughs) but the next song is not yet from Controversy. It is not. It is the title track from Dirty Mind. Right. And this one, as opposed to some of these songs that start off with drums and a little different take, I feel like this one is instantly recognizable as the title track Mm -hmm. from his third album. And it's a big crowd pleaser. It is. Yeah. Just a reminder, too, that this was the first time that someone other than Prince was given co-writing for a song on a Prince album. Mm -hmm. Dr. Fink came up with the keyboard line that became kind of the foundation of Dirty Mind. And we mentioned Rick James earlier. Mm -hmm. It was during their time opening for Rick James that Dr. Fink replaced this jailbird costume that he was wearing with a surgical thing because Rick James was wearing a similar jailbird costume and they, he didn't want to do the same thing and that's how the doctor came to be. Yes. Which is also a super cool story, all kind of related to this song and this tour. Mm-hmm. I love the inflection that he has live. I get a dirty mind and the way he says mm-hmm. that is just, it's A plus. It's good stuff. This is much more powerful live than mm-hmm. the subdued kind of demo sound of the entire Dirty Mind album. You know, it's kind of a lo-fi on purpose mm-hmm. recording. And right. this is, you know, obviously more of a band feel. It's maybe a little faster and it's definitely uh, got more punch sure. than the studio album version mm-hmm. for that reason. Boy, they sound like they're having fun too. Yeah. It just It just sounds like they're having a good time. Yeah. With this one. Yeah, lots of ad-libbing towards the end, too, as he addresses Saginaw again. Saginaw. Saginaw. Does it feel all right? Does it feel all right? Does it feel all right? Raise your hand. So raise your hand. So raise your hand. And raise your hand a little higher now. And gotta go to church, y'all. Yeah, turn it up. Yeah. yeah. Hey, gotta go to church, y'all. Turn it up. Which I thought was really fun. For sure. Um, there were some almost country rock guitars yeah. in there, too. I mean, we thought that some of Dirty Mind like, was oh. a little twangy uh-huh. at times. Yep. Funkabilly. Boy, this one comes to an abrupt end. It does. Surely he's not going to play anything from Controversy now, right? I mean, the sixth song, why would he start now? Except he does. That's right. Surprise. Woohoo! Do me, baby. Yeah, we just covered this one a couple episodes ago. Well, actually, last episode, too, because we covered the demo from 1979, and obviously it was the third track on Controversy. Right. And here it is, the first song from the album mm-hmm. played in the show. Yes, and it man, it slows down. It has this long intro that feels mm-hmm. like an absolute tease. Yes. The crowd is feeling teased by it. They're screaming. And yeah. They do go kind of wild. Uh-huh. Like they have heard the song and they already know it. Uh-huh. And like get to it. Yeah. Let's yeah. see. I want to hear you sing this to me. Uh-huh. I was thinking, but didn't have time to count and certainly didn't have enough fingers and toes to count on. But I think that this is probably one of the most performed songs of his career. Mm. And if you look on Prince Vault, 
performed occasionally in shows. Obviously, it was performed during the uh, controversy and 1999 tours, but then also 86, 92, 96, 2003, 2004, 2006, 2007, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2016. This song was never going to go away nope. after Prince recorded his first real kind of sexy, sexy seduction ballad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the we mentioned the crowd kind of going wild, anticipating him singing. And if you listen to the start of verse two, when he sings, here we are looking for a reason, but he kind of draws out here uh-huh. with a long falsetto and you can hear the crowd definitely enjoying themselves. For sure. And the inflection of his vocals shows mm-hmm. such great control, even halfway through the show, yeah. even close to the relatively close to the end of this tour. He's well more than halfway through this tour. Yep. And he's still got just such great control. Very true. And he's been not just singing, but also screaming at Saginaw and clap your hands and all this. And then here we are taking his time singing falsetto with great vocal range. Well, and he he even does this like screamy, croaky singing and goes Mm -hmm. right back to a beautiful falsetto. No problem. No, none at all. Spoken part of the studio album is pretty much here, starting at seven minutes. Verbatim. Mm -hmm. And it takes on a whole new and hilarious (laughs) meaning when he's doing it live. Yeah. Okay, what are you going to do? You're just going to sit there and watch? (laughs) What are you going to do? You're just going to sit there and watch? I don't think many people were sitting during this part, but go ahead. (laughs) But I mean, I just really love that it's really the exact same lyrics. And just because the setting is so different, yeah, it takes on such a new meaning. It's funny, Prince. It's great. Well, like on this on the album version, you feel like he's talking to the object of his affection, his lover. And this is a private thing that you get to hear. And live, he's talking to 7,300 people. Uh-huh. Each and every one of them. Yep. Yeah, he even gets into the somebody hold me, I'm so cold. Uh-huh. Somebody hold me. So cold. Yep, and then he seems to maybe call somebody up on the stage. Mm-hmm. You, baby, come here, help me. Which I was like, yeah. somebody is delighted. Somebody has a crazy memory if uh, they're still uh, around, too. That's right. Then we get the title song for the album that is, I guess, being promoted. <laughs> yeah. So this is like the, you know, Prince promotion tour. And uh-huh. I'm going to play my favorite songs off of uh-huh. my last three my albums. most recent albums. And yeah. I'll ignore the first one completely, too. <laughs> So if you listen to the very beginning of controversy, 10 minute or 10 second mark to the 14 second mark, there's like a little guitar playing okay. under the drums that start controversy. Go and listen to that and tell me if you don't hear a little bit of the song Edge of 17 by Stevie Nicks. Okay. Which is, a lot of people know it as One Wing Dove. That's not the name of the song. I was like, I wonder, when did that come out? So I went and looked, and I didn't even realize that was from Stevie Nicks' first solo album. Okay. Called Belladonna. When would that have been released, do you ask? Oh, February 4th, 1982, the very date of the show. What? And Prince had a relationship or friendship with Stevie Nicks. Yeah. We know going into the 1999 era. Um, and it made me think, did he hear Edge of 17? I don't know, but I hear it at the beginning of Controversy. Wow. In this concert. That's super cool. 
lots of crowd cheering. You feel like this is almost the second beginning to the concert mm-hmm. with controversy and Prince yelling, everybody raise your hand. And how the, I also like how this is typically faster than the album version, which Prince was pretty famous for. You know, we're going to play it faster when it's live. Uh-huh. Everybody raise your hand. And you can almost see his funny face when he says curiosity. <laughs> In the video yes. is what you're thinking of. Yes. Everybody. You know he's making a funny face here yeah. as well. We get the Lord's Prayer too, and he even precedes it with, if you believe in God, say it with me. And he does recite the entire Lord's Prayer straight from the album version. Mm-hmm. If you believe in God, say it with me. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He does leave out the whole rude, nude bit. Yeah, which I thought was kind of sad. Well, yes, but maybe, you know, you don't want to encourage the pasty white people of Michigan to To pull off their clothing in (laughs) February. You're blinding me. (laughs) I hadn't thought of it that way. What he would see if they... Started taking off their clothes. Yes, but that's a good point. I don't know. Mm -hmm. It just seems like it would be a great chant have... The boys sing one part and Uh the girls sing the other to get the round that you have on the album. There's a little rhythm guitar and solo breakdown at three minutes and seven seconds, too, that is kind of fun. We didn't mention this earlier, but there are some unfortunate dropouts in this recording. One at like four minutes and 22 seconds. And I just kept thinking to myself, you know, that's that's just the beauty and the horror of bootleg recordings. That's right. You've got basically a soundboard recording, but there are a couple songs where maybe it was an accident. Maybe it was dropped out on purpose by whoever initially circulated it. Who knows? This is 40 years ago now. More than 40 years ago. 40 years and six months ago. Mm Mm-hmm. At the time of this recording. Yes. Fake concert end. Four minutes and 50 seconds. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Saginaw. Good night. And then he leaves them sitting for over a minute. He Must does. Have felt like an eternity. I was trying to figure out what the crowd was chanting, like around the five minutes and 20 second mark. Mm-hmm. I, well, I thought that maybe they were chanting, let's work. Oh. Because that is what they, the band comes back to sing. Mm-hmm. So give that a listen. See if you agree. But yes, this is basically the beginning of the encore set. That's right. Which is, let's work. Yes. Let's do it. Yeah. And the crowd is very excited for more. It is fast. And he very came fast. back out. And if he's going to come back out and do some more, then the crowd better help. Saginaw, sing it. That's right. Lots of lots of that going on. Mm-hmm. Boy, speaking of this being fast, listen to the keyboard line of "Let's Work" at a minute and fifteen seconds, and you can really tell how much faster this is live than it is on the studio version. So you mentioned these like these little moments and things he says or screams during shows. There was one at two minutes and 12 seconds where he just says, everybody say it, let's work. Everybody say it, let's work. And again, it's just those little moments are what make Prince shows so special. Mm-hmm. There's a drum solo with bass and synth accents. Super, super fun. Yeah, I think that the part you're talking about is when he says, repeat after me, and we get some falsetto, Uh and he has the crowd sing and almost purposefully takes it out of their range Uh to be able to sing, to have a lot of fun with them, too. Yeah, the call and response with the audience is so special. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, even like when he gets down to, come on, baby, let's work. Uh-huh. It's got almost like an Elvis sound to him. Yes. Repeat after me. Another city call out. Oh, yeah. Let's work. More thunder. Yeah. Don't overlook the uh, extended portion of the song from the remix that we get to hear at six minutes and 15 seconds with the additional lyrics of. He'll work you on the floor till you can't take no more. Mm-hmm. He'll work you till you're soft and wet, and then a little treat with bubble gum is all you get. Attitude for the audience, mm-hmm. which is always enjoyable. Thank you. We love you. Is it over? Is it uh-huh. not over? Yeah, but uh, he gets a little instrumental noise after he's uh, That's after right. a long pause, kind of indicating he's yeah. not done just yet. That's right. He's got a little bit of rockabilly to deliver mm-hmm. to the Saginaw crowd. That's right. From controversy. Jack you off. Mm-hmm. And Prince is so pleased when the audience confirms that um, at least some of them are nasty yeah, and want little, to sing. He's got a little laughter in there. Yeah. Is anybody out there nasty? Is anybody out there nasty? All right, I want you to sing this song, okay? I think I might like this song live than I like it on the album. Uh-huh. I like it on the album a lot, but, you know, live is so organic and yeah. delightful. And it's hard to keep up with, too, because oh, it is yeah. super fast. It's so fast. Yeah, I like how he enunciates and delivers very coyly, I'll take you to a movie show. Uh-huh. And he's super faithful to the album lyrics, mm-hmm. but he does this tremendous job of really making it sound spontaneous. Yep. If we can't find a place to go... I'll take you to a movie show. <laughs> if we can't find no place to go, I'll take you to a movie show. We can sit in the back. Honey, I'll jack you up. Everybody sing it. Like, it's like they it just kind occurred of, to yeah, him right yeah, then. That's and right. Delightful. It is like singing and writing on the fly. Uh-huh. A little bit of a grinding guitar solo after that in a minute and 57 seconds. Mm-hmm. Kind of retro but it gets this like modern and heavy sound to it a little later it was this really interesting mix of retro and contemporary he did like there's a lot of rock god stuff in this concert mm-hmm. and punk and new wave yeah in this whole thing after another minute of silence after this song ends he comes out and asks basically a lyric from private joy if anybody asks you who do you belong to mhm and then there's a kind of like this big band closeout to jack you off yeah if anybody asks you who do you belong to 
Who do you belong to? Tell me one more time. Yeah, I thought that was really fun because he's he really loved hearing them scream his name. Right. Who do you belong to? Yes. <laughs> you. <laughs> but he's still not done. No, we got one more song, but from Dirty Mind. Surely he'd play another one from Controversy, right? Nope. Nope. Party up. That's right. This one might be hard to identify at first for the crowd because you get this very fun drum and synth intro. Prince wants them to clap. Everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. Everybody clap your hands. And then he counts off one, two, three at 37 seconds before it like becomes clear that it is a very, very fast rendition of Party Up. Uh-huh. He's, he's going out on a war protest song, Revolutionary Rock. Yes. There's another revolution mention, right? Mm-hmm. These ideas that are swirling around in his little purple head. We get a very classic, y'all want to go home at three <laughs> minutes and six seconds. Y'all want to go home? I thought it was kind of mean in the last song. (laughs) Like, kind of like halfway through the last song. Yeah, you've got three minutes left. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. It was a tease. It was a tease. This kind of turns into a jam session at the end, too, that was, it reminded me of the Baby Amma Star jams during the Purple Rain tour that would last forever, Mm -hmm. where Prince would call out, everybody stop on the two, kind of these weird areas that, you know, the band can follow, but it might be hard for someone who hasn't been following or studying music to know what, what is that? Uh-huh. Everybody stop on the two. <laughs> Which one is the two? I'm like, you do realize there's a lot of white people in Saginaw and they, they yeah. might not be able to find the two very easily. That's right. Because they might us. not even be clapping on the two and four. That's right. At this point. Yeah. But a lot of times the stopping on the two and then him saying one more time and the band takes off again. Uh-huh. You can get a guitar solo that's really not part of Party Up, but it's kind of a bonus at four minutes and 49 seconds. Followed by some fun instrumentation and just more jamming and it sounds like they're having a little bit of fun mm-hmm. enjoying themselves and they end on this drum solo mm-hmm. and that's it it was kind of a yeah almost a quiet end it was you're right yeah there wasn't like a giant big finale uh-uh. it was almost what jack you off was was the big finale and this was almost just like a let me yeah. tag this on as an appendix at the end uh-huh don't forget, we're against the war. That's right. Yeah, by the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the war and sending it, all lies, no truth. Is it fair to kill the youth? Okay. All lies, no truth. Is it fair to kill the youth? I'm like, you got to imagine his audiences are probably pretty young at this time. Yep. And probably anti-war. And also. probably anti-war. Sure. Sure. Well, you know, we're against the war. We don't like New Wave. They don't wear blue jeans. <laughs> That's right. All these things they don't do. Controversy. Right. Come see what Prince won't do. <laughs> All right, and we've reached the end of the concert. That was it. Like about a, what, hour and ten minute show? Mm-hmm. I mean, for a guy that had just four albums out and one, maybe two opening acts. Yeah. Fun, fun tour stop. Yeah. You'd remember that. For sure. So that means it is time for us... To make some selections, it's a thing we do every episode. We choose three things. We choose a time capsule, something that exemplifies the time at which the material was recorded or when it was released, uh, since this has never been officially released, when it was recorded. Oh, that's true. Uh-huh. The C, the low point, the thing that we like the least, yep. and the mountain, the high point. Yeah. These are my rules, so I go first. The time capsule. Uh, For me, it was Do Me Baby, because it was the first song from Controversy. 
um, on the controversy tour. And that Prince had this way of making his ballads sound both timeless and yet very of their time. Mm -hmm. Like they're timeless, but also identifiable to a particular era. So that was my time. Excellent time capsule. Get no argument for me. I was much more broad stroke with my time capsule. It was just overall Prince becoming far less shy on stage, engaging, funny, encouraging, provocative, but not necessarily yes in a sexual way, of course, with songs like Head and Do Me Baby, but also like provoking the crowd to sing, put your hands together, Mm -hmm. let's do this together, let's make this fun, let's rock this joint. Right. And just because that entire persona is what made... 1999 and Purple Rain and every, basically every tour that followed that possible. So this was almost like the coming out of Prince as a live performer who seemed to relish being there rather than wanting to be there but wishing you were not. Right. All right. So the C. The low point. The low point. And why, why don't we have a concert streaming service or download opportunities for shows like this, it would be like printing money for the estate. It would certainly print it some. Would... I mean, it might not be like the most popular thing in the world, but it's all there done. Yeah. It would not be that hard. Nope. You're right. And I feel like every month that passes, uh-huh. there are going to be fewer people around who give an F. Yeah. About hearing it. Right. So you're just, you're, you're like, this is slipping through the fingers of time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I feel like if there was a Elvis streaming service now, it would be popular, but there are a whole lot less people who yeah, care. Who, who saw any of his concerts. You're right. Totally right. Yeah. I almost don't want to mention my C. That's way better. <laughs> Your worst is way better than my worst. You got the best worst. <laughs> Oh, here's, goody. <laughs> here's my runner-up worst. And it's not even that big of a complaint, just like a surprise that only 40% mm-hmm. of the controversy show were tracks from the new album. And if you look at it by time, even less than that. And I get that the show was kind of a bit of an early retrospective, and now he's got a catalog that he can draw from to kind of put a fun party playlist together mm-hmm. when he plays live but why then omit any and everything from your first album for you a lot of that was popular right and a lot of people who are seeing you on tour for album four probably own your first album i would think or would go buy it after this right but maybe he was tired of that album four years you know is an eternity in prince land this is true so it's almost like uh internet technology today Mm -hmm. four years is um might as well be 40 yeah Well, my mountain is very similar to your time capsule is just how caring he seems towards the audience. Like he feels like he owes them a good show. Mm -hmm. And while he expects to be adored, he doesn't seem to act like it's owed to him. Like he, he knows the adoration is going to be there. So he expects it, but he doesn't act like this superstar who's owed the adulation. He just does a really good job of making sure that the audience is having a really good time. They're getting to participate. Mm -hmm. I think there's parts of let's work where that was super clearly illustrated and just, and, but it happened many times, even just shouting out the city name is part of it, but that's a pretty common part of it. But then there was this special, bit of Prince engaging the audience in such a way that you could tell that he was really caring towards them. He really appreciated them being there. And to me, that's my mountain. That's well said. And that would be the case. I mean, I feel like even when he performed at the Super Bowl, sure. Yes. He was full of confidence. He knew he was, you know, the man, Uh but it wasn't, it didn't cause him to not put forth a hundred percent effort. Yeah. On everything. Right. Like, I've already earned this, but I'm going to earn it again for you while yeah. you watch. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for my mountain, I'm going with the Annie Christian fake out beginning to I Want to Be Your Lover, where you think, oh, maybe we'll get 48% of the concert <laughs> to be controversy. But no.
And then also the extended instrumental part of I Want to Be Your Lover that is heard on the studio version, on the album version, but live at the end of the song where it kind of goes in different directions. I still love it, um, and it's a great listen. Excellent. Wonderful. Lots to love about this concert. There is. Yeah. Um, and he had, you know, kind of changed up the song list for these concerts. There are times when he did not play Party Up. He played Private Joy. Uh-huh. There was some mix and matching going on. So, um, but this was just one that I enjoyed a lot. Excellent. So that's why we covered it. Our controversy, our controversy tour, our tour of controversy <laughs> continues <laughs> Next time, as we look at the first release, self-titled album by The Time, which was primarily Prince and Moore's Day, as we all know. Excellent. I'm sure it's going to be a delightful listen. It'll be cool. <laughs> It'll be cool. As long as you've got your Stacey Adams on. That's right. Well, thanks so much for listening. We know that you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio somewhere. So we really do appreciate it. If you have a purple friend who doesn't yet know about us, do share. And until next time, happy purple listening, friends. Thanks for listening.